I want to tell you guys about Monkey Knife Fight, which is a really cool place to go play props. And essentially you get to choose whether a guy goes over or under their prop. I have a ton of different games, a lot of fun. And we have a really good deal for you. So if you use promo code PFF, you get a free Edge subscription if you deposit 20 bucks. The Edge subscription is $40, so you basically get all the information you could possibly need to go win money on Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, and it only costs you 20 So go to monkeyknifefight.com. Not only can you play football there, by the way, though, there's still a couple basketball games and baseball games. So um, now is the time to go make that happen. Promo code PFF. Welcome to the October 7th slash 8th week five PFF forecast. This is going to be a really fun one. We are going to talk uh, a little bit about the news uh, that has broken, whether it be the Titans all getting coronavirus or the uh, Bill O'Brien firing. And then we're going to pick the lock of the week. We're both confused, so that'll be fun. And then we're saving the best for last. Ben Baldwin, noted let Russ cook president, will be joining us. Be a lot of fun. So let's rock. Before we get into the lock of the week, I wanted to give you a little appetizer. You ready? Okay. All right. So there's just two questions that I have for you. I'm going to start with the first one, which is, um, when will the Tennessee Titans step on a football field to play football again? What do you just, think? Just uh, looking at Clay's Twitter. Here. <laughs> Stop. That seems to be a good predictor. Can you imagine mushing that, by no. the way? No. Like, that's like worse than me being like, oh, look, the Bengals look good today, mm -hmm. like halfway through a game. Okay. I knew you. I, didn't, <laughs> I was lying myself, but I thought we'd get a sentence out uh, without Clay Travis. Uh, but realistically, I mean, because no, I asked you, so here's why I want to ask you this again. Didn't I ask you this last week? And I said if it got to Wednesday with no cases, and that's exactly... It's exactly what happened. And there was no cases, what, Monday, and then today, Corey Davis, who's been catching everything this year, caught the coronavirus. <laughs> you warmed that up on the slack today, and then you knocked it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. Well um, so, yeah, that one, that sucks. I mean, uh, hmm. I mean, you think they make it back? We, they're not... I feel like this week, I'm... Well, the problem is the Bills play the Chiefs in Thursday next week. Mm -hmm. So there would have to be a movement like pushing that game back, which the NFL sort of is probably willing to sacrifice a Sunday game to keep a Thursday game from a, you know, a TV perspective. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm doing this, I'm probably saying, "Look, Bill, Bills, you have to forfeit this game." You mean Titans. Sorry, Titans, yeah. Titans, you have to forfeit um this game and, and the Steelers game. For what it's worth, I believe that that's what should be done. You've got to send a message here. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. And, and it sucks because it's not fair to the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. It's not fair to other, not fair to the Patriots because they made the Patriots play that game. And like now they're two and two, and the Bills might be gift horsed a win, a win that they like they're the second team not the first like the Steelers had to upend their entire schedule just so the Titans could get their shit together and then and they didn't and they didn't and to Big Ben's point like they're at a disadvantage because their bye week was only two days long you know they didn't have like the full week off that most teams would get um it, it sounds like so here's a here's a thing and I we've we've been both positive and negative about COVID-19 at times the positive with this is that the NFL protocols were not adhered to. This isn't a like a situation where the protocols weren't good enough. You know, we've had minor, we had AJ Terrell, we had Cam Newton, we had that was major. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like, but we haven't had we haven't had like a number, we haven't had an outbreak. Uh, yeah, a multiple player team thing. And if that was if that had happened and all the protocols were being met, then I think that there's substantial issues. The fact that the Titans were just acting stupidly, and it's a systemic thing. Isaiah Wilson and Darian Evans were partying and getting drunk and getting, like, in the preseason. They were the one team that couldn't handle yeah. the preseason. The fact that the other teams are doing a good job, I feel like, you know, it, the Titans should be slapped hard here, and the rest of the league should say, look, you have to 
you have to deal with, uh, you know, basically you have to deal with the consequences of this. And people are talking about fairness. There's not going to be a fair solution okay. here. I'm going to cut you off because I still want you to answer my question. I think I think they will play against Houston next week. Okay. And then they will have their regularly scheduled by on and, and 10, both 20, the Steelers 10, and 25. Bills will get a win. And both the Steelers and Bills will get a win. Um, there is obviously my what I think they can't do is they can't have the Bills forfeit the next two games without forfeiting the Steeler game the as well. Sorry, I keep saying Bills. This the is Titans. incredible. You've waxed poetic for five minutes. Called the Bills or the Titans the Bills twice and uh, for you to give me an answer. Sorry, it's okay. So I, I, no, I said what I said what I said. Yeah. They'll play against the Titans. They'll play against the Texans. Okay. I, for what it's worth, I think they've hopefully been scared enough. The issue is that I'm worried they've been so dumb about it that the incubation period yeah, I mean, of, of five-ish days puts them in jeopardy well, for that the, game as and well. And the incredulity of people like Roger Saffold saying basically like, well, you know, you took practice time away from us and so we're trying to prepare buddy, for a game. Buddy, that is, I, I, when I read that, I was I, like, I, like, this is the worst thing I've ever yeah. read. Also, you can work out at home. And yeah. if you're a millionaire and you can't work out at home, that is on you. Okay, last question, and this one will be very, very quick. The next head coach of the Houston Texans should be? Uh, well, I think it's either I think it's either Eric Bieniemy or Josh McDaniels. Okay, are you going to pick one or no? Uh, I'm going to – I want Bieniemy to – well, no, he needs a head coaching job. So let's go with Eric Bieniemy. Okay. Yeah, I, I am with you 100%. I, I, think a, I think a coach who's failed before deserves the Jets. I think a coach who hasn't failed before deserves Deshaun Watson. Yeah, but does does a coach that has failed before deserve Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, and draft picks too. <laughs> and draft picks. picks too. Did you did you hear uh, Kevin Clark, our friend, his long con about how Bill O'Brien's going to go and work for Brian Flores and get his picks back? Ooh, <laughs> as an offensive coordinator, that would be that incredible. would be so. That would be like you know like the collusion in fantasy football where you know you. Oh man! Trade away all your players and yeah. get some of the profit. That'd be incredible. Okay, lock of the week time. Ugh. Yes, that's how I feel. Especially, especially because Ravens Bengals right now is off the board is because of Lamar Jackson. The board because of Lamar Jackson. So, um, rightfully so. Because what do you, what is the difference between Lamar Jackson and uh, RG three? We make the number two and a half if it's RG three, um, which is consistent with our our tool. We have Lamar Jackson worth eight or nine points. And RG3 can't go yeah, negative. And RG3, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that's that. I mean, I, I, I really like that. I went on, I was talking to Chris yesterday, and I was like, man, I, the Bengals 13, 13 and a half. Yeah, we took, I mean, I have, I and and it's off the board, but you get to, it's, see, this is the crazy thing we've been talking about. If you bet the Bengals plus thirteen and a half with us on Sunday, you get to keep it. It's yes. not. It's not going to get canceled. This ain't getting canceled, buddy. You know? And and Lamar did get banged up in that game mm -hmm. um, that we that we you know, we had last week. So that'll be interesting. Okay. Um, let me just toss one out. Just just the tip. Just to see how it feels. Um, the Bucks number has plummeted. It went from five. All and the half sharps on the Bears. All the sharps on the Bears. It's back to it's back to the look ahead line of th almost to the look ahead line of three. three. Um, I am so I'm intrigued by the Bucks. I'm intrigued by yeah. the Bucks ATS. But let me tell you what else I'm intrigued by is the over 44 and a half. Just Tom Brady, man, is playing so well. They're taking so many deep shots, and the Bears, for what it's worth, that's the only thing Nick Foles can do. Now, I believe the reason this number is so low is everyone thinks the Colts defense is some juggernaut and wow maybe the bears you know got shut down by the colts defense okay well they're gonna get shut down by the bucks too but the bucks are kind of an aggressive defense whereas mm -hmm. the colts are just gonna lay back i don't know i just want to toss that one out there see what you thought yeah i mean brady's been volatile this year so is Foles. that leads to some overs um brady's my, been balling yeah but he's had more turnover like he's had he's been more volatile in both directions which has been great Mm. Um, yeah, most big time throws to start a season since 2011. My concern is OJ Howard, IR, Chris Godwin out, Scotty Miller questionable. Gronk season. Evans questionable. Um, and Watson out. The Bears do have, I mean, of the rookie corners, isn't Jalen Johnson playing about as good as anybody? Yes. Um, and the Bears looked like a team that wanted to run, run pass the other day 
and and that could lead to some Foles interceptions. That could lead to some Allen Robinson, but yeah, yeah. But I, the Bucks are gonna. There's pass other options. So if you like overs in this week, there are other better options. I'll okay. just say that. Why don't you give me one? Okay, um, one that I like, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this this other one for um, later because we liked it early in the week. Although the number is plump. Wow, the number's gone down. Never mind. I'm gonna go with it. Uh, maybe not. Okay, let's go. Houston <laughs> Jacksonville over 54. Okay. Um, for what it's worth, this was one of the ones that I had listed. And um, so here's here's my reservation because I liked it immediately. The Jaguars don't play defense. They don't know what defense is. And neither do the Houston Texans. And I don't think that Romeo Cornell being the head coach, head coach is going to help that at all. But I did think about this. Romeo Cornell being the defensive coordinator, now the head coach, are they going to just go run the ball into the ground? Or I mean... That would be my word. They were already kind of doing that, though. Like, they're a run-run pass Yeah, team. and their offense sucked. I mean... But their offense put up... Their offense put up enough offense points... Offense better than their defense. Yeah, and their offense put up enough against... I mean, they're, they would have covered this... La well, I guess it got to exactly 54. I mean, I think this number is offering some value, don't you? I, I do think it's offering value at 54. And I like the over... Um, I also sneakily kind of like the Jacksonville money line. <laughs> I, I don't hate it either. I mean, I mean dude. Somebody's got to win this godforsaken game, right? Okay. I like that one. Let me toss out another one, which is... Now, I thought about as a joke pitching you the Falcons again. Thought about it. There's a value on the Falcons I know, I'd, every week. There's no value on the Falcons. The models are lying to you. And analytics is a is a farce. Don't, don't listen to the numbers. I'm telling you right the now. The Falcons were a Adrian Amos great play away from covering the number the other day, weren't they not? Yeah, I mean, the God just knocked my uh, <laughs> mic receiver for, off for the desk. For considering, yeah. Uh, but I like the over, 54 and a half. And the reason should be pretty obvious to people. Um, Neither defense lives. <laughs> and Teddy Bridgewater, I know I give him a hard time. No, I know I give him a hard time, but... 111 pass rating from a clean pocket. And here's the best part about overs with Teddy Bridgewater. The dude's turnover-worthy play to big-time throw ratio is 2-1. to one. Dude is just tossing it up there. It's just, here it is. Come get it. Look, he's got to, he's got to go out there and win games without their supposed best player. And you know what? Here's the Since same. I was on these radio waves and said... We're not on the radio. Their offense is better without Christian McCaffrey. What is their record? Yeah, they have been better without Christian they're McCaffrey. They're 2-0. They and they've been moved the, and they have moved the football. Okay. So the reason I um, also like this is that here's the strength of the Carolina Panthers team. It is their receivers. And Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore are good. Now, I'm a little worried about Julio and Calvin Ridley because they've, I mean, they must have given up on the season at this point. So, like, why are they playing? Julio, like, didn't come out for the second half just like, and cover <laughs> the five and a half receptions prop for us. Just, he just said, screw it. So, I like that. Uh, I like that over. Give me another one. Both of those guys are questionable. That would be my concern there. Yep. Um, Matt Ryan also kind of sucks now. I, I hate watching him now. He used to be so good. Dude, the whole the whole Falcons thing is and just... And he's just like, he looks sad on his face. It's me watching the game. I look sad on my face, too. Yeah. All right, here's one. That game was... Here's one to think about. Just stew on it for okay. just a second. The Miami Dolphins. Okay. Going west to east. Oh, I was going to bring this one up. Getting, I was going to bring this one nine up. Oh, buddy. Against your... San Francisco treat. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm a little nervous. I look at the, on um, PFF here, we have the cash ticket splits, which I try not to look at because I don't like to be influenced by the That peasants. guy, yeah. But the ticket splits, and maybe this just isn't a very highly bet game, are 91 to 9, 91% Miami, which is really interesting to me. Um, People are rushing to fade the Niners because of that performance that they had the other night in the same way that that number moved out from the five and a half on Monday mm -hmm. when we got it all the way to nine and then back to eight and a half. That's the reason. Now, I'm still not seeing in some, I, I mean, is this on bet Chris? Like, obviously we get it from our odds provider, but like. You have to be able to go bet it. Now, the reason that I liked this is um, Brian Fitzpatrick grading pretty well. However, I think the results could be better. 90.4 rating from a clean pocket. 
um, but a 73 grade. And, you know, the league average pass rating from a clean pocket is about 101, 102. So um, I actually think there's some positive regression there. And here's what I'll say about the Niners. Jimmy G coming back, I think, is viewed really positively. I would not be surprised for it to be a pretty slow start. I think if you're betting the Niners here, you believe that they are going to come out and just steamroll. You know, they're going to treat the Dolphins like the Jets. And I think the Dolphins are significantly better than the Jets. Like they're a real football team with actual NFL players that people would want. They, the the 49ers have something that the Eagles don't have, which is weapons. Everything. <laughs> you know, they have. Well, okay. Let, let's let's talk in let's talk in real terms here. Byron Jones is a good corner. Xavier Howard is a good corner. Noah Igbenogany is a nice. good, is well a good done. corner. The Niners... Is Byron Jones actually going to play this week? It's questionable. Yeah. My biggest issue here in my nervousness would be Devontae Parker. Because if Devontae Parker plays, that is a very, very, very good set of weapons. Gusecki's a good weapon. Parker's a good weapon. Preston Williams. It's a Matt Burita revenge game. They didn't play him in the Super Bowl and they lost. Probably that He feels that's probably the reason why. That is the reason why. And, and obviously, Miles Gaskin is like one of the most efficient runners in the league in terms of yards per carry after contact right now. That, or I think it's broken tackles for us. He's, he looks good in some of the metrics. Mm -hmm. The Niners, I think that the, the horribleness of Nick Mullins covers up the fact that they're still pretty weak in a lot of places. Corner. Well, I think in particular. Chris's co host is out for this week again. Um, and then you have, you know, you don't have Bosa, you don't have, you know, they play. They made Carson Wentz and that Eagles offense look decent at times. Yeah, it's bad. And they and, were bad. And look, the the funniest account to follow during Eagles games is it's the Ertz. Did the Ertz break a tackle? <laughs> like it Carson wasted like ten targets on Ertz for like nine yards. Yeah, it was, it it was, was impressive. <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of like it. I, I it's stinky as hell, but I I like it. As far as there are a lot of stinky games out here, I thought you were going to give me the Jets. You didn't. I thank you for that. All, All right. the sharps on the Jets, by the way. Of course they are. <laughs> um, they're as stinky as the Jets are. Our, the, the Joey Kanish guy on Twitter said it great. He's like, he's like, look, I'm a, I'm a sharp, so I'm on the Jets, <laughs> Falcons, and, and all these unders. Instead of, instead of making For money on For the 40th straight week, I will make, sit in my basement and yell at the TV. Instead of making money on chalk and overs, I'm going to be on the Jets and Falcons. However, I will talk about it for an entire week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go. Now, this line has moved a little bit. Um, which pisses me off. Uh, and so I want to bring it up as a part of a teaser leg. Ooh. Yeah. Now, I was hoping it would be still two and a half. It's not. It's one and a half. It's the Cleveland Browns at home against the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are the team that I am fading this okay. week. I think the narrative there is way, 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 way too high. It's all about their defense, which is ranked first. Earth to you all. They've played the Jets. The Vikings, when they didn't know who Justin Jefferson was, they played the Jaguars, who, by the way, they lost to. Um, and then they played Nick Foles, who couldn't throw it in the ocean. So I'm fading the Colts actually being good at defense. And I also, in watching Phillip Rivers, noticed that it looks like he's throwing a giant boulder when he tries to move the ball past the line of scrimmage. So um, I am, and, and one of the other reasons I'm really confident in the, in the Browns is that I'm not relying on Mayfield to be great anymore. Baker Mayfield's PFF grade is 68. It's about what it was last year. The difference is that Kevin Stefanski is actually creating offensive plays that don't suck. <laughs> Anyways, that's my, that's my TED Talk. Thank you. I, I don't hate this, but here's, here's my pushback. Teasers are the most effective when the total on the game is lower. And while this total is as, relatively as, low, is for this NFL is relatively low at forty six. We do like over that, so that's sort of inconsistent. Plus, you're not the seven and a half is good is fine. I know. I I thought it was gonna be two and a half. That's why I wrote this down. I get that it's now one and a half. But if you're gonna do this, if you're gonna tease this week, why not just tease Pittsburgh down to one and the Rams down to one? Because those totals are both less, and Whoa. like I have a, I, I don't know. This sounds might sound square, 
but I have a really hard time seeing the Steelers losing to the Eagles in any way, shape, or off a bye, you know, mini bye at least. Eagles are garbage. Like that game, that game was like the woat, like win, like that. They deserve to win less than any other team that week. Okay. And I get, look, I what think football so, team could beat the Rams. What makes you so confident about the Rams? Because, uh, Okay, how about this? Cardinals, my Cardinals money or Cardinals minus one. I mean, against the Flacco or Texans teased down to zero. Like anything, like there's a ton of or Panthers teased up to one eight and a half or seven and a half. There's a lot of teaser legs <laughs> yeah, that have you, potential. So you here. like the Panthers teased to seven and a half more than my Browns are Cleveland Browns? No, I don't. I'm just saying, like of all the teaser legs, the Browns defense to me is that like characteristic that could push the game like it let's say it's covering in the and let's say Colts are up three Colts are up three Colts are up three and then you get dicked by uh you know Melvin Gordon run at the end of the Thursday night game and pushes out to nine you see what I'm saying like Cleveland's defense I don't think is especially and Cleveland's defense had some success against Dallas why because Dallas's offensive line was beige mm-hmm. right the Colts I understand that Rivers can't throw it even as far as I can but their offensive line is pretty pretty sick you know, sure, but Miles Garrett is pretty sick. Yeah, but the Cleveland secondaries. Anderson Deho is tr- Anderson Deho only sees <sighs> the head of the opposing receiver. He has no idea where the ball is. Oh my god! I, We're not even going to get a decision in by the time yeah. our buddy joins us. Um, okay, um, I, I don't mean, hate that. I don't hate that. I just I actually kind of like the Colts a little bit. You really want to do this, huh? You are O for the season. No, I'm not. Him. Actually, no. We we bet the New England KC. Stop it. You stop it I right there, back, buddy. I listened back to the show. You stop it. <laughs> you are the biggest fraud I, that I've seen today. And that's saying something. You you want to go back and listen to the show? Oh, I do. Who was starting the fucking football game look, when we made that bet? Look, sometimes God Who provides. Who was? Sometimes God Who provides, Who was supposed George? to start the bet? Uh, start the game when we made that bet. Yeah, Newton. Cam Newton. Congratulations. You don't think the Chiefs would have covered? you know what I'll do? I'll buy you two motherfucking steaks. <laughs> just because you're you such wanna, a big fraud. You want to go Colts? You want to go Colts Cleveland minus one? I'm going to be swimming in steak by the okay. end of this. I mean, I, I would bet something else, but they don't have another meal here worth even betting. Lovely since I'll go Colts. What a delight this is. Delight. Okay. Which 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 game do you like the most? Oh, man. I hate so many, <laughs> so many of these games that I'm tempted to say that overs are the best, are the best move here. Make I, them make you, man. Make them make, make them make you bet an under, I feel like, in this one. I do like the Dolphins. Um, and I really like the Bengals. So that's, that's a bummer. Yeah, that game's that off the out. board. Um, I don't know. I I think that so far this year, Jacksonville has been a sneaky overpick, and even though Bill, even though I feel like they're going to try to do some things spicy on offense this week, they've got to, without man. Bill O'Brien. To me, Texans Jags over. Let's fifty four is the number for those scoring at home. Let's do it. Plus, this, I got Indy. You got. This Cleveland. is going to be the week. Cleveland, George liking Cleveland for the first time in, in the history of the world. This, the city, the idea, the concept. I just feel so confident knowing that you walked in here and said to yourself, you know what? I actually haven't lost every bet to George because when he took Cam Newton in the Patriots and then Cam Newton got coronavirus, I lucked into a win. I did. Congratulations Sometimes to look, me. <laughs> I got a ton of cleave on the one that I lost. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy you a little petite filet. I'm going to put it in your... Uh, Stop. In your camo, I can't even see your pocket. Yeah, my my left your camo, breast, you can't your see camo it. pocket. Oh, brother! All right, that is the lock of the week. We are um, going to get to our good friend, the president of the Let Russ Cook Fan Club, Mr. Ben Baldwin. This podcast is in part brought to you by PristineAuction.com. Check out their daily auctions with one dollar starting bids. That's basically free on over 8,000 football items for auction. That's awesome. You spent all day on that. 
Pristine Auction guarantees authenticity on every product. Use promo code PFF for $10 off your first invoice. You get like 10 $1 bits for free. It's kind of cool. We are currently giving away a signed Lamar Jackson jersey. That's pretty sweet. So rate and review the podcast and we'll be choosing a winner soon. So five-star review, make it happen. I know you guys love this podcast, so I feel like I should tell you about another pretty good podcast. Star Power, slightly more impressive than this one. That's because it's Chris Collinsworth, Boss Man, and Richard Sherman. I've heard of them. Um, It's a pretty cool podcast. They're going to be talking for like 30 to 40 minutes every single week. Um, Sherman, when he comes off of the IR, I'm sure we'll have some pretty exciting stories to tell about playing in games. So that'll be awesome. Um, But you want to check it out. It drops usually every Wednesday morning. Sometimes you'll catch it on Tuesday night if you're lucky. Uh, But it is probably the one 60-minute conversation on football that you've got to hear every single week. The Chris Collinsworth Podcast featuring Richard Sherman. You can go download it, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. All righty, joining us from, uh, I assume, a room that is currently painted in Seahawk green with um, photos, tasteful photos of Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer. (laughs) Action green. Schottenheimer in the booth, obviously, not on the field. Um, A votive to Russell Wilson. Um, a and, and a diploma with his real name. <laughs> diploma. Mr. Ben Baldwin is joining <laughs> us. Benjamin, how are you doing, brother? Uh, I'm doing great. I, I am wearing a Let Russ Cook shirt, and um, <laughs> this pairs nicely with uh, Eric, who looks like he's wearing some purple shorts for his Minnesota Vikings. So I'm ready oh, to uh, talk about this game. Yes. He's actually, it's interesting, he's also wearing a, a shirt, a T-shirt, a front pocket, a frocket that is camouflaged, and I believe it's to hide his bulging heart in excitement for talking about the, the Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings. Vikings. No, no. <laughs> um, I want to start here. So you wrote a fantastic piece in The Athletic about the whole let Russ cook thing. And I don't want to mention that phrase too much because I actually think now it's being way overused to the point where our benevolent boss, Mr. Chris Collinsworth went on national TV and said it like five times. I remember, so here's the story behind that. I, I see on Twitter that Ben has tweeted, you know, if, if Chris doesn't say, let Russ cook, you failed me, you know, and asked me. <laughs> so I send Chris a text and I was like, Chris, I know that we talked, you know, I know you're going to talk about the Russell Wilson throwing early. Just a reminder, if you say, let Russ cook, you know, the people will love you. And he goes, don't worry. I have this so locked in, you have no idea. So I hear the rehearsal, they rehearse it, he says it. I'm like, all right, I, I mean, this is gonna be amazing. <laughs> Not only does he say in the open, he's say, I mean, cause he's cooking the whole time, he's just saying it left and right, it was great. I, I, I hope that if the season doesn't end in a Super Bowl, you'll at least have that. Yeah, um, I, I, was, I did wanna ask you if you had any small part in that, because I was like, if, if Chris says it, then, there's like a 99.9% chance that at some point it's because at least in part, George mentioned it to them. So I, I'm very glad to have that confirmed here. I, you know, sometimes I try and send subliminal messages in, cause I, you know, I make this little preview forum. I send them all these notes, all this stuff. And I probably, I put it as the title of a, of multiple pages <laughs> on the thing. Like in my last minute notes, it was there. So I'm going to take as much credit as I possibly can as I possibly can. Um, But this, so the article is great because you go back and you look at some of the historical stuff behind the Seahawks and the the uprising of, hey, let Russ cook. And then you get to the end, and this is where I want to start, which is the thing that I'm most impressed by is that Pete Carroll, who's one of the oldest coaches in the league, seemingly is one of the most stubborn coaches in the league, appears to have morphed into a guy that's willing to learn. Do you think that's the case, or do you think this is some sort of dumb luck situation that you've stumbled into? I think if you had asked me after the first week, I would have said that there was certainly the possibility for like it not to be an actual change because like we saw them, they're they're playing in a good a dome against the Falcons. You know, you probably need to put up a lot of points, and the Falcons have a terrible defense. But now they've done it for four weeks, a quarter of the season. They did it against the Patriots. And if there was ever a time when you were going to get scared of passing the ball, it'd be playing against Bill Belichick and the Patriots when you had a pick six on your opening drive. But credit to the Seahawks, and they actually have stuck with it so far. So I think, like, I don't know why it's changed, but I am 
pretty bought into believing like there actually has been uh, some sort of change. I don't know if it's an actual change of heart or Wilson putting pressure on um, the Seahawks front office or like exactly how that decision was made. But um, however it was made, it, it certainly has been helping the team. And it, it's been uh, as someone who wants good things from the Seahawks, it's been awesome to watch. Do you think it has anything to do with the acquisition of Jamal Adams? Hmm. It's in a weird way, like you know, like he, he sort of knew in his heart that his defense wasn't very good over the past few years and he wanted to protect them. And as silly as sort of we think that is, like having Jamal Adams in there, getting sort of a, a flavor of like, okay, what is it when we have real talent around the team? Um, I can let Russ play this out a little bit. Does, do you think that contributed at all? So I, if anything, I think it's like having Jamal Adams and having all those pieces in the defense makes it even more impressive that he was willing to do this because like how he wants to play football is have a great defense, run the ball a lot, don't turn the ball over and win these low scoring games. And um, if he had a good defense, then it could be like used as a crutch. Now it hasn't worked out that way for the Seahawks. Adams, Adams got hurt. Um, Quinton Dunbar, uh, who they traded for over the off season has been hurt and missed games and they're, uh, they're starting nickel corner Marquise Blair tore his I think it was Achilles in the second game so their defense has actually been pretty bad mm-hmm. and maybe I would say that maybe they had been forced into it if they hadn't actually started out the season letting him cook so I, I think it's like if I had to guess maybe like some sort of either philosophical or pressure based change that actually did happen I, I agree with you and I remember we talked about this multiple times over the offseason talked about it with Mina Kimes when she came on and I had the same thought that you did Ben which is like oh actually it's going to be the reverse He's, now he has this defense like okay well now I only need to score 7 <laughs> points and we're going to win so we're going to run the ball the whole time I just you know can't turn it over but my hypothesis is this and I actually I liken it to Chris Collinsworth so Chris is you know he's an older guy but he's one of the youngest guys heart that i know in the sense that like he always wants to learn something new he's never like oh i know better than you whatever and to me there's a little bit maybe a little bit of that with pete carroll where he goes you know what like who am i to be this old school football coach like i'm just as young at heart as any of these guys this dude took his shirt off in front of dk metcalf like i wouldn't even do that and th- there's something where I think he said, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to read some things. I'm doing a podcast with Steve Kerr on The Ringer. Like, I'm going to go explore. And I bet you he stumbled. I'm going to give you some credit. I bet he stumbled on one of your tweets. He said, who's this weird ass avatar dude? Oh, this kind of makes sense. Like, let me go talk to Russell about this. Let me talk to Brian Schottenheimer about this. Let me talk to our analytics team, who, by the way, if he were to ask, there are a lot of teams where if a coach went and asked their analytics department, hey, does this make any sense? They'd have no idea what to say. The Seahawks are not that. So that that's my take. I think there there is absolutely um, something to Pete Carroll being very open-minded. He's very interested in new ideas. Like he goes out and reads all these books and brings in all these outside speakers to talk to the Seahawks and like coach them on their mentality and just like all these different ways to think and train your mind as well as your body. And the frustrating part was he's been doing this for a really long time and just never seemed to have the same open-mindedness about how football should quote unquote, should be played or should be played as, um, as as there's been all these rule changes that advantage passing and just how that game has kind of evolved. But now it, it seems like maybe that even that wall has finally been broken, hopefully. I also think there might be something to the DK Metcalf being a monster that no one can cover. <laughs> like that might've helped a little bit too. Cause it always felt like, you know, like Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett, they're good, but it, you know, they're not this alpha receiver who you just feel super confident in. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch being there for a while True. probably, and then Chris Carson actually being halfway decent has but probably fumbling has probably curbed a, a decent amount of it until now, where it's sort of like I feel like he also looked at it and said, if I don't step up my game, the San Francisco 49ers are legitimately better than us. You know, uh, at least a season ago, and now. You know, that's obviously not clear. And it's and all they had to do was push a button that really required no additional talent on the team, which is funny. Yeah, because the Niners predicated their dominance by leading early in games. And it's like the Seahawks are like, well, we can't play this like behind, come from behind stuff against a team who just is literally there to get up and win. Let me ask you this, Ben. The Achilles heel right now, the thing that worries you the most, because I bet everyone would say it's the defense. I'm curious if that's actually your take as well is that the reason ultimately if the Seahawks fail that they do 
Yep, uh, for sure. Uh, I, I do not have any confidence in their secondary to stop anybody. Maybe that will change when um, Dunbar comes back and Diggs comes back, although, or not, not Diggs, sorry, when uh, Adams comes back. Mm -hmm. um, Although when they were out there, they weren't that great, but um, like they they still have a lot of games against pretty good passing offenses. Um, like they play the Rams twice, they play the 49ers twice. Presumably Garoppolo will be back, and they're they're getting their other offensive pieces back. So like, there's a lot of games that like, I don't have a ton of confidence in the Seahawks being able to stop anybody. Um, the Patriots went up and down the field on them. The Falcons went up and down the field on them. Um, the the Seahawks only didn't give up a ton of points in that game because they got a bunch of fourth down stops and you can't really expect things like that to continue. So yeah, that, that's definitely the Achilles heel. Coming into the season, I would have said offensive line and that's been like magically transformed and good somehow this year, even though they added a bunch of players that we didn't actually have any reason to expect them to be good. So that's been like the one kind of miraculous thing that's happened to the Seahawks this year. Do you think that the league, the, the way that the league has been constructed has weirdly worked in their favor? Um, in the in the sense that, you know, this season not only I mean we're seeing totals hu huge totals right now, and a lot of that is because they're not calling holding. But then at the same time, that has had a sort of second order effect of offensive linemen being able to hold more. Like they're <laughs> actually are they're going out there and being like, I'm just going to bear hug this guy because. So not only do you get less holding, but you actually probably get more effective pass protection from players who are not all that good. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely something to that and something that has helped the Seahawks. And like in your head, you kind of have to think about why that would differentially affect the Seahawks relative to other teams. And I, I think it's easy to talk yourself into pass protecting for Russell Wilson is really hard. So if you're allowed to hold defenders when he bails out of the pocket and things like that without getting called for holding, then that can affect a few drives where you had a holding penalty on a drive, which is going to no holding penalty on a drive or, or something like that. So. Yeah, I, I think the um, the decision by the NFL to stop calling these penalties has been pretty fortuitous for the Seahawks. My one of the things that I'm interested in is okay, we've got the early down passing thing, and I wonder. So it's kind of secondary to the concern that you have about the secondary, which is trusting your defense maybe a little too much, even though they're not very good and not being as aggressive as you would need to be on fourth down. And because I think the, the early down passing is something that will stick. And in those, you know, you only get a few shots to go for fourth and one. And in the playoffs, you know, that, that would kind of be the thing that I would be worried about is, um, you know, Pete Carroll's made this transformation, but is it, is, can it withstand the, oh, snap? <laughs> you know, like, what if, I, what if we don't get this type of deal? You know, our defense is gonna give up a touchdown for sure. Yeah, it, they have gone for a couple of fourth downs yeah. this year. Uh, so credit to them. Uh, last week, it was a, a fourth and three, I think, um, where they went for it and, instead of kicking field goal and, and didn't get it. But um, yeah, if, if I were a Seahawks fan and it was a really high pressure situation in that playoffs, do I have faith that they will do the right thing at this point? No, not yet. I, I do because I'm all in on the Seahawks this year. I am <laughs> all in on my buddy Pete. I, it, when I saw that play, um, I was about to sit down. I saw it come up, and I I froze, and I was like, "Oh no no, they're just gonna they're, they're just gonna try and draw them off sides." And then like it's clear they're gonna go for it, and I, I couldn't move. I, I was speechless. I couldn't believe it. It was beautiful. Anyways, um, okay, this is the part of the the podcast that everyone has been waiting for. The reason I'm so excited to talk to you today is that not only are the Seahawks a very good team, but so are the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> And I'm going to ask you a very simple question. Who is the best team in the NFC? Yeah, I think the it, it has to be between the Seahawks and the Packers at this point. And um, I, I haven't looked at this closely, but my guess would be the Packers just because they've been dominating opponents to a much greater extent than the Seahawks have. Maybe the response to that would be that the Packers haven't really played any real teams, depending on how you feel about the Saints. But mm -hmm. like the sign of a really good team is just blowing out the bad teams you play, and that's certainly what the Packers have been doing. Yeah, I, I think that's a good answer. I mean, the one of the things that you said today on Twitter, which I thought was great, was because we're getting a little bit of backlash for the Josh Allen thing. Um, and, and and I haven't gotten any. I don't know what you're talking. About. Yeah, George 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 has a like a, a mute, very good mute on his uh, on his uh, <laughs> Twitter. Um, 
and and I and I was on a Buffalo station today, and I wax poet. I mean, look, I'm like, this is unqualified. He's doing great. Like, there's no. And we said that he wasn't accurate, and he's being accurate. And I thought that your Twitter, your, your tweet today, which just said, you know, my biggest issue with Rodgers was that he wasn't. He was giving away too many plays by playing outside of structure, and now he's not. And so for me, like, I have no reservations about calling him good again. I thought that was a great answer. And I thought that it was a, you know, when people think about gotcha situations, it's like, no, like our, when the data changes, when the information in front of us changes, we change our opinion. There's no, there, there's no like pride here, I guess. I, yeah, yeah go ahead, Ben. Uh, I, yeah, so I think it's interesting because with both Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers and Probably both fan bases are going to lose their minds about this, but like, just because people say that players who have had trouble completing passes in the past tend to continue to do that in the mm-hmm. future, like, there, there's nothing untrue about that. And the the question is, like, what is the actual probability of things changing in the future, and how do we convey that information uh, at sometimes on Twitter? And like, I I think people want to ascribe a seriousness to Twitter that really like isn't there for the platform and that's where people get upset. <laughs> no fucking shit. <laughs> I mean, so and here's the funny thing. Um what was it? 6 months ago, I uh, were thereabouts. Eric sent me a screenshot and it was a PFF like um employee draft where we drafted players like redrafted the league. I don't know how many years ago it was. It was a long time ago. Yeah. It was before Josh Allen's last year at Wyoming. And I took Josh Allen. Why? Because I saw this dude make incredible plays. And, like, who doesn't want to see that? I didn't expect him to be totally inaccurate for the next season and then the next two seasons. Like, no one is rooting against this guy. I think it's so awesome that he is good. It makes the, like, who enjoyed watching the Patriots run over the AFC Every East? Team in the no league, one. Yeah. Literally no, no one. Um, I, this it's interesting that you bring that up about Rodgers because you're you're spot on in the sense that playing within rhythm has been his key this year and I think that's why I would have said preseason the big difference is that you know Russell Wilson actually is successful when he plays out of structure and Aaron Rodgers isn't and so if Devontae Adams goes down like Aaron Rodgers is totally screwed and we saw in this last game albeit against a non-real NFL team the Falcons <laughs> that without his two top receivers because he played so much in rhythm and in structure he was able to be successful. And I wonder if that is something, I, I believe it's something that, you know, that Russell Wilson will do if they, you know, because Tyler Lockett getting injured last year, I thought really, really hurt them. Um, and that's maybe the differentiator. And so I, if you were to then compare the two quarterbacks, Rodgers and Wilson, how would you rank them? Yeah, so I I can't really completely answer because I honestly I haven't watched a ton of the Packers this year. Um, but you watch football, <laughs> yeah. So oh, on a spreadsheet, you mean just like you haven't? <laughs> yeah. So there's okay. so thoughts. What my spreadsheet tells me is that, <laughs> like in terms of completing passes, they are pretty similar. But Rodgers has cut out one weakness of his game, which is taking a lot of sacks, and that that's the one thing that Wilson like Wilson has been great this year, but he still eats a lot of sacks. So like. If you want to say that Rodgers has been better than Wilson this year, or Rodgers is the front runner for MVP this year, like people are going to find that sacrilegious, especially in Seahawks Twitter. But I, like I personally, have absolutely no issue with saying that. Eric, what's the spread of the game, the NFC Championship, Packers Seahawks? We do not have to wonder these things because if you have a PFF Edge subscription, you can go to our power <laughs> rankings tool. It's like I um, teed that up for you. So the Packer, <laughs> we have the Packers, and I think this speaks to your point, Ben. We have the Packers as 4.9 points better than the average team on a neutral field. We have Seattle as 4.3 points better. Um, So if the game was played in Seattle, Seattle would be favored. And if the game was played in Green Bay, Green Bay would be favored. What do you think, two and a half? Uh, By then, yeah. I mean, look, if the game's in Green Bay, there's not going to be a soul in that stadium, given the Green Bay statements over the past few weeks, which no doubt has gotten the cholesterol flowing uh, through the veins. If they play it in Tennessee, though... They'll have herd immunity by then. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Whereas <laughs> Seattle, fine. Seattle seems to be taking. They could play it at a private school, uh, off the beaten path. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> you wonder because here's a here's a question I have for you, Ben. Um, related to this, I know you were a big proponent of paying Derrick Henry because, as you said, I think by quote, rewarding somebody who's done so well for you, it 
is is a is a huge positive to the locker room. Now I look at the Titans and how they've basically pissed all over the protocols the last two weeks and think to myself, where is the return on my Derrick Henry investment vis-a-vis the locker room? Yeah, the Titans are like I don't even know where to begin with the Titans. They're like they're they're such a fun team to watch, and I sort of like fell for them because. Everyone Same. has their kind of off-season project where they do something that's absolutely useless to kill time. And mine was, I'm going to go watch all of Brian Tannehill's games that he started for the 2019 Titans. I was like, okay, this seems really fun. And they their first three games were really fun. The the last one, they, they had that comeback against the Vikings. And then they just, <laughs> they, they've just fallen apart off the field in so many different catastrophic ways. And now I've seen like players doubling down on what they've been doing. Dude, it's I, just like, it's so... Did Roger Saffold learn nothing from Derrick Henry's contract? <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. No, I mean, oh, it's ridiculous. I actually had an a thought, an experiment. I, ben, First time for everything. You're very smart, and, and obviously George is okay, too. Mm-hmm. Um, people are talking about forfeiting these games. I have a different idea. Oh. What if you gave the Steelers the Titans first-round pick in 2021? I love it. So if you if you said if you said look, we understand that this sucks. We understand you lost your, like half of your bye week, Pittsburgh Bills. We get that this is, you know, this isn't great. We're gonna push everything back a week. Nothing happens in Tampa. We can push back the Super Bowl two or three weeks. But look for for your trouble, you get the Bills. You get the Titans second round pick, and the Steelers. You get the Titans first round pick. God, the Bills in twenty twenty one. So I have no problem with any punishment that is handed down to the, the Titans at this point. Like they screwed up and if the league wants to make an example of them, then that's fine. Uh, go crazy. But I, I think where the problem is, is let's say you're the Browns or the Ravens and the league just gives the Steelers an extra first round pick. I don't, I don't think that's really fair to, especially like the competitors in their division or yeah. other AFC teams. So it's like, it's really hard to, but they Find get a solution. A, yeah, but that the hard part is is right. I agree with you 100. And my and the the other side of that is it's not fair to the Steelers or the Browns to give the or not fair to the, the Ravens or the Browns to give yeah. the Steelers a win without having to play the game. Which, which do you think they'd prefer? Well, no, the, they both prefer the 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 win. I think you in, think so? in the 2020 season because yeah. everybody's viewing this. I mean, look, it's the Chiefs and everybody else at this point. And, and if you're the Ravens, you're like you know that you're going to have to play on the road in Arrowhead, and one win is probably not going to de- determine that. Mm-hmm. But the, the first-round pick, to your point, Ben, is a long-term, like... It, but, but my thing is... I mean, is, if you ask Bill O'Brien, he'd trade that for a cheeseburger. Yeah, right, right. My, my no fries. Well, no yeah, fries, Ben. You're telling me you're giving me Kenny Stills? Fuck that. <laughs> no, the... the uh, my, issue, my issue with the league currently oh. is that nothing is going to be fair this year right but i think all the teams the the implicit the implicit understanding is look we want everybody to get paid and we want to put a product on the field and the 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 fa- the complete and utter fairness of everything is probably something we have to relent on a little bit in order to get this done yep i yeah i fully agree there it, it and then at that point it's just a discussion about trade-offs and people can disagree about what the trade-off should be there. I mean, life, people on a crusade for fairness whose own lives have, you know, never been fair. It's like, I just, I I don't, I want to find someone who's just had fair shots at everything. I think fairness should always be something you advocate for for other people, but for yourself, it looks a little whack. It looks a little self-interested. People clamoring for fairness, like fairness is a crutch in my opinion. Like if you're clamoring for fairness, you're just pissed off that you failed at something. Anyways, thank you for coming to my TED talk. Um, I want to know if you two, Ben and Eric, have a, um, you know, your two teams are playing each other on Sunday Night Football. And- uh, no, Kansas City doesn't play Seattle oh, until I'm- 2022. Sorry, I-, I was just using sentiment analysis on your tweets, and it turns out that <laughs> that you're a squirrel. You're a very, you have an intense love for the Minnesota There's Vikings. something intense, but it's not <laughs> love. Ben, would you like to rule it on this? What are your thoughts about Eric's feelings for the Vikings? They're, they do come up an awful lot on the pod for uh, a team that Eric allegedly has uh, no special interest in. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I, I liken it to um, an ex of some sort 
where you're just, you're still thinking about them. And in order to, because you're so intelligent, in order to turn those thoughts into something that you despise, yeah. you turn it into hatred. I will, I will come back with this. They suck. And I said the whole time they would suck. Do they? Yes. I okay, think I'm start, also interested in this. Yeah. Let's, yeah let's, are, how sure are we that they, they suck, suck still? Yeah. Well, okay. If uh, in a normal NFL season, they would suck a lot more. In, in the 2020 NFL season, they merely are bad. And here's why. Defense, we always talk about defense not mattering that much. It matters less this year, don't you think? Because you have perfect coverage. You have defensive holding. You know, have pass mm -hmm. interference penalties called a ton. You have, you know, if you had the best pass rush in the world, it wouldn't matter all that much because offensive lines can hold a ton now. Well, they have a dog shit pass rush, and you yeah. know, but but how much different is their pass rush than anybody else? Because the other team can hold a lot. Yeah. So their secondary is weak, but a lot of secondaries are weak, and they're, there are and, no good defenses in the NFL. That's right now. what I'm saying. So the fact <laughs> that the Vikings' defense is hot garbage is kind of par for the course. Now they started one and three, so that we still seen the results be bad for them. Um, but I, when I look at this game on Sunday night, Ben, I, I think to myself, this game is almost entirely about what Kirk Cousins does. Yep, I, I definitely agree with that. We, we talked about Seattle's past defense, and the last time I saw the Vikings play was um, that week three game against the Titans, where like Justin, that was kind of Justin Jefferson's breakout game. And I, I haven't seen week four, but I, from everything I've heard, he was also great. So like, I, I just... The Seahawks don't really have anyone who can match up with him, I don't think. And then plus there's Thielen as well. And I, I, I think last year when these two teams, both teams put up more than 30 points and I would be pretty surprised if that didn't happen again this year. It, it's hard to see how any team can really stop the other team regardless of our thoughts about Kirk Cousins. I've already bet the over, it's 57 and a half. I've never felt better about <laughs> a bet. I mean, here's the, it's interesting. You mentioned like how bad the Vikings were to start and I, had been saying, everyone had been saying, Stefan Diggs is a really, really good football player. And people thinking that he wasn't the most important receiver on that team were using a spoon and melting uh, some sort of substance in it because Jesus. like Stefan Diggs is ridiculous. He creates separation. He runs routes at a level that is you know, on par with anyone in the league. It's you know top five in my opinion. And so when you bring Justin Jefferson in as a rookie and you expect him to be a facsimile for that, you are especially to start off the season, I think you're a little crazy. Is it possible that he has gotten there? I mean, there was no preseason. You know, I, I, maybe. But here's here's where I'll come back because we've seen this before in Minnesota. His name was Stephon Diggs. And Diggs was inactive his first three, year, first three games as a rookie. In his first four games, 87 yards, 129 yards, 108 yards, 95 yards. He never eclipsed 66 yards after that. And including in the playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks where Blair Walsh kicked the ball wide left for some reason. And my thing with Jefferson is I feel like this is, if he can continue this the whole year, mm -hmm. the Vikings are very much in the conversation to be an average NFC team, which might not be enough given how many good teams are on the NFC. If there's any relenting of that production, I think their offense can't keep up with the teams that are on their schedule. So that's, to me, he's an X factor here. In this game, I mean, I know Adams is out as Dunbar. I mean, he's questionable, right, Ben? Yeah, that's right. So Adams like, out, Dunbar questionable. Yeah. Dunbar is a good corner, right? Like Really good corner. And, the, and the, the thing that the Seahawks, you know, they actually have some corners that can play a little bit. And the thing with the Vikings is, unlike Dallas, a team that really moved the ball up and down the field against them, unlike... The Dolphins, who had some plays against them, the Vikings have no third option in the passing game. They, The Vikings can beat you with quality, but not quantity, the way that some of these teams that have stretched the Seahawks out have. The only team that kind of mirrors it a little is the Patriots, who threw, what, 70% of their air yards that game to Edelman? That was the one, but I don't see... Kirk doesn't bring what Cam does to the table, so that's oh really? That's my concern. <laughs> no, no kidding. I, I think this is a fascinating game, though, because the you know it's really to me these teams are way closer, excluding the quarterback, than I think a lot of people are you know maybe think because of the Vikings start to the season like they both have two dynamic receivers, they both don't have great defenses, um, they both you know have running backs that are running backs <laughs> and <laughs> and uh it's really like 
it's Russell Wilson versus Kirk Cousins. And I I mean, there's a huge gap there, obviously, but it's not like Kirk Cousins is Dwayne Haskins out there. I don't know. I think this is interesting. I, yeah, I, I, I think, think it's re- 100% how Kirk plays. If Kirk plays up to his potential, this is a game. Yeah. All right, Ben. I yeah, wanna, the, go ahead, ben. The one uh, potential dose of cold water on the, the over is that like I've been watching the forecast in Seattle and there's like some chance of rain and maybe thunderstorms Ooh. and like all this stuff that would not be conducive to airing the ball out a lot. So that that's definitely something to keep an eye on as we get closer to Sunday. Not for, I mean, Kirk Cousins, he sees that on primetime. Bright lights, Al, do, Chris. Do you guys remember the, the Seahawks-Vikings Monday night game in uh, 2018? We were, we were out at a steak dinner mm-hmm. together. Because, I can't remember why. Did I win a bet that time? I think I was just being nice. Okay. Yeah, could have been that. <laughs> I remember that because the steak sucked. Right. Well, I remember that because I had the Seattle over that year yes. win total and the Vikings under, and they both hit on that game. Um, the, the, the action green was was yep. characteristic of the last three um but what were you, what were you gonna say about that game that well so it's like an example of just the ugly disaster of a game that sometimes the seahawks play when the weather's bad that was the game when russell wilson like at the end of the half spun oh around God. and like threw the ball to the vikings um eric so, Kendricks. it was in the red zone yes, right it, yes uh, so yeah so so that can happen and i'm i'm hoping for good weather and a a continuation of the seahawks offense but we'll that see. game got john d filippo fired that's right yeah um, it did the the last time the vikings have won in seattle elbow pad brad johnson was the quarterback matt hasselbeck was injured and replaced by seneca wallace and sean alexander was coming off an mvp year and starting my worldview towards running backs don't matter eric just opened his diary flipped back you know yeah, 800 yeah. pages and read you an entry uh written in pink glitter marker <laughs> ben i want to get you out of here on this you have a crazy take on burgers and fries yep yeah let, let's do this so i usually eat burgers um at, at lunch so i'm i'm local to dc and mm-hmm. well when i used to go into the office i was in dc and i would go to shake shack and what I really love about Shake Shack is the burgers. And I used to get an order of burgers and an order of fries, or one one burger and an order of fries like most normal people do. But then every time I finished, I was like, the burger is just so much better than the fries. And I kind of want another <laughs> burger, but I'm a little bit too full to, get a, to order another one now. So then I just started getting two burgers and it was great. It was just more burgers and their burgers are delicious. So that's just kind of been the go-to ever since then. Now, you did break this when we were in Miami for the Super Bowl. We went out to lunch. Ryan Fitzpatrick was there, by the way, and a little drunk, and it was pretty funny. Um, but I did get a picture of you actually consuming fries. Now, the, I think it was, what, a, like a fish sandwich or a chicken sandwich that you had? So it wasn't really a burger, but you did. Yeah, you will have fries. <laughs> I got a Cuban because we were in Miami, and it's kind of different if you're, like, at a sit-down restaurant and it's just something that you're ordering off the menu and, and you order two cubans and <laughs> you don't want to get like two two entrees because that's like kind of weird especially the first time you're ever hanging out with somebody like i was with eric <laughs> but maybe next time <laughs> yeah here's here's what you need to know when you hang out with me i will never pull a punch oh yeah uh, okay i was gonna say you're you're like that you're like you're not the opposite of me, but we're on different sides of the. the like, if I want to order two whatevers, I will. So you should feel, ob- you know, obliged <laughs> to do so. Oh, but you you will like you don't pull punches when it comes to like commenting on somebody else's. Oh no, of course not. See, for me, like I I honestly would have just been like, oh, that seems cool. Like I'm like the most like welcoming person of all oh, time. I, I would have respected it. Now uh, here's my take. So I want to. I have a rebuttal here, which is that. If you go to a place that has bad fries, you shouldn't go there anymore. And you should find a place that has good fries because good fries are just as important to the meal as a good burger is. However, I uh, my girlfriend lives in DC. I go to DC all the time. And I have broken my rule, Ben. I found a place, so I was of the mind that the burger at Le Diplomat on 14th Street in DC was the best. And they have great fries because they're French and so they spend three days making the fries. But I found a burger at a place called Reverie in DC in Georgetown that I believe to be far superior and they don't do fries. And so I break my rule every time. I go there and I get multiple burgers 
and uh, I'm very content. There are no fries. And so, Ben, I, I guess this is an admission that I've given you a hard time for that before, and I, I see where you're coming from. I, so I'm curious about the, the don't go to um, a place that the fries are bad. Do you, do you not like In-N-Out or mm. think their fries are good? I, so, I, yes. If you get the fries and you don't get them well done, then they are bad. So I, I, I need them to be a little crispy, a little crunchy. So that's fair, that's fair. floppy fries are, the are just the worst. You can't, you so can't. I order them well done. I have a go-to in and out order. I feel very confident in it. And I think that there is a huge amount of variance if you don't know how to order it in and out. Yep, no, no disagreement here. That's how we should end this podcast without <laughs> disagreement because we have too much disagreement with everyone else everywhere all the time. Ben, um, this was a blast, man. I appreciate you hopping on. I hope this was not a death knell for the Seahawks season. Because we were so positive. Yeah, not not a death knell for the Seahawks season, and not a death knell for the Aaron Rodgers MVP campaign. <laughs> we'll we'll monitor both of those going forward. Who's your MVP right now? I if I had a vote, I would probably vote for Rodgers. Sorry, Seahawks Twitter. <laughs> that was Ben Baldwin. There's no one like him. Thanks, Ben.